Welcome to the Choosing to Stay podcast. We're your hosts, Hallie Roderick and Stephanie Hamby, certified relationship and recovery coaches. We specialize in supporting couples who are healing from infidelity and betrayal. We invite you to join us each week as we explore the challenges and joys of the recovery journey for couples who are choosing to stay in a relationship after betrayal. We'll encourage you with hope for healing and transformation. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay. Welcome to today's episode of Choosing to Stay. We are going to jump into a topic that is a big one, and I think it's very important to understand for couples who are healing from infidelity or betrayal, and that is what is betrayal trauma. The term betrayal trauma, I understand and I have experienced it with my clients that sometimes it's really hard to accept that you might have caused trauma to the person that you love. And so I want to just validate that if you hear that word betrayal trauma and you have some resistance around it, I want to validate that I I get that that can be a hard concept to understand. That's why we're talking about this today is because we want you to understand what betrayal trauma is, what happens in our body and in our brain for both partners. Because if you have been betrayed, you may start to feel like there are a lot of symptoms that you don't understand. And so we want to talk about and just jump into what betrayal trauma is for both partners to have a better understanding and a more clear picture of what happens when there's been a sexual betrayal in a relationship so that we can start to have some awareness around what needs to happen for healing to take place. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking along the lines of the normalization of what the partner is experiencing a lot of times after discovery and the partner starts experiencing all of these reactions and responses and symptoms, they don't have a good understanding of why they are happening. So this really normalizes and helps validate what they are experiencing. But also from for the one with the sexual integrity issues, it helped them to be able to have that empathy for their partner. And so, yeah, we think this is a huge topic to talk about and the importance of both being able to have a better understanding and clarity around what partner betrayal or the betrayal trauma is. Yeah. So there's a couple of different definitions of betrayal trauma that kind of, they kind of all make sense to me in different ways. So let's talk about a couple of those. One of them that makes a lot of sense to me is that betrayal trauma occurs when someone we depend on for survival or are significantly attached to violates our trust in a critical way. And that violation of trust could be Anything from if you contract an STD from a supposedly faithful partner, if you have a discovery or you find evidence that your spouse is involved in infidelity or has a sex addiction, if there's sexual or physical abuse by a spouse or it can even come from a parent, if there's financial deceit in a marriage or in a relationship, all of those things can cause betrayal trauma. And that you had another definition that really made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So this is one that I use with my clients and I think it helps kind of tie it all together. And so it occurs within intimate relationships and is prompted by your significant other acting out sexually in some form or fashion. And it could be once or repeatedly, mentally, emotionally, or physically. And it results in this lasting emotional, a lasting emotional response that causes overwhelm either immediately or over a period of time. And what tends to happen with the with this overwhelm? So trauma is this overwhelm to the system's coping capacity. 
And so what happens is the partner is flooded with this overwhelm of emotional response that they really have an inability at the time to manage. And so it affects every area of their life and how they function and how they show up in relationship with others and then also how they view themselves. I think it's important to understand that this type of trauma, well, for one, is different than other traumas in a couple of ways. And that one way is that the because the betrayer is someone that is in close relationship with the victim. And the other is that there is often a high risk of recurrence if there's a sexual addiction or there's repeated sexual misbehaviors. There's a high risk of repeated trauma. And so it's kind of messy. It's really messy, especially when both partners are choosing to stay and you're wanting to repair that relationship. In other traumas, like let's say if there was an assault or abuse, you might start to heal by getting away, by getting some space and some safety from from the person who has caused that betrayal. And in a situation where you're choosing to stay, you're now wanting to stay with the person that has caused you the pain. And so it kind of complicates this process. Doesn't mean that it's not possible because it is. I've seen it and I know it's possible. It just kind of adds a different layer to the healing process that happens in partner betrayal. I just had a thought of the attachment ambivalence or the disorganized attachment and how it's a you know, this is an attachment, a broken attachment bond. And what causes that, like, I want to, I really want to connect. I need you here. I need this attachment. But there's a huge pulling away. And that happens in this versus other traumas. Most yeah. other traumas where there's abuse, there is a repulsion or you have to get, like, you have to get away. Mm -hmm. But this says, come, like, come close, no, no pull away. And so with the partner betrayal trauma piece, it is also a breaking in the bond of the attachment. So in healthy attachment, which is what humans need and we crave, is this, the attachment says that this is safe and this is a secure place for me to engage in. And with partner betrayal, it breaks that bond to which we thought that we had had. And so it could cause this almost like the partner is wanting to pull closer to the attachment. I need the attachment to feel safe and secure. I need this relationship. But there's also this strong like pulling away, which is like saying that, no, I need to get away from this. I'm unsafe. There's a repulsion around that. And so there's this attachment ambivalence or disorganized attachment that happens after discovery. When I first heard that term attachment ambivalence, I was... I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's exactly what happens is that the thing I want the most is to attach and come and feel safe with the person. And then I lean in, when you lean into that, it's like, holy cow, no, I got to back out of that because that's the person that, that caused the pain. And so it can be a really confusing situation to be in for both partners. So if you are the one that has been betrayed and you start to feel this desire to be close to the person that hurt you, you might lean into it and then you might have like a, almost a knee-jerk reaction of like, nope, not doing that. And so you can imagine what it's like for the partner who has been the one with the sexual integrity issues. They see the partner leaning in and then they, they see them pulling away. 
And understanding that that is actually a pretty normal reaction in betrayal trauma can help you provide further safety for the person to continue to lean into that, assuming that there is legit and sincere safety being created. But if you can understand that that's a normal part of betrayal trauma, that can be really helpful for you to understand some of the behaviors that can be a little confusing to watch and to witness when you're watching your partner who has been hurt. Yeah. And that attachment ambivalence, it can continue on. We had talked about the stages of the phases of recovery and what what that looks like. And that can continue on. And like it can come and go even if there is safety being provided. So I do want to validate that that is very normal for the partner to feel. And then also what you said about the woman's sexual integrity issues. If when they see this happening, just to acknowledge that this is what they are experiencing and that it's common and normal. Let's talk a little bit about what happens physiologically in our body when we experience something traumatic. I think this is a key piece to understand. And I'm no neurologist, but I understand it on a layman's term. So you'll hear my layman's language coming out in this. But when you experience a traumatic event, our prefrontal cortex, which is where our logical thoughts and our value-based decisions happen, is underactivated, as well as is our limbic system, which is where our emotions lie. Those two things are underactivated. And so they're kind of offline. And your amygdala is actually enlarged. And our amygdala is what I refer to as our fear center. And it literally becomes enlarged in our brain. And that comes out and sort of, in a sense, hijacks our frontal lobe and our limbic system and kind of becomes on overdrive. And that's the part that causes us to be like flooded with overwhelm and have an inability to make a logical and sometimes rational choice as to how we're going to respond to a different situations and different stimulus. So it becomes more of an automatic reaction. And so we can sometimes have something that activates us and we have an automatic response. So we have a trigger, respond, trigger, respond, trigger, respond, rather than having a trigger where we're able to go, oh, I'm noticing that I'm flooded right now. I'm noticing that my heart is racing. We don't have the space to do that initially when we're experiencing something traumatic. So if you feel like you're having an automatic reaction, sometimes I refer to this as even like an out-of-body experience where you go, whoa, what just happened? That is not who I normally am. That is not how I would normally respond to that. It's a pretty normal reaction to betrayal trauma. And so there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with your partner if you're witnessing that type of behavior. But it is something that is happening physiologically in their brain and in their body that is causing them to be on overdrive and have those automatic reactions. Yeah, and I would like to say too about the the amygdala hijack, whenever that takes over the body, it is almost, it is happening like in the background of the body. So it's something that we don't have initially, we don't have this control over. And so that's why those responses kind of just flow out and those responses are there for a purpose and they're there for a reason. And it is telling you that to do this action, this is what's going to keep me safe. So in the past, I don't touch a hot stove because I get burnt. So that's kind of how the amygdala will fire off these reactions to go to the fight, flight, or freeze or phone response. And 
it, these responses are so, they're like innate. They just happen. And I think a lot of times whenever these responses come out from the amygdala response, the partner feels almost like they're going crazy. And th what they are experiencing from this, they, they do feel like they're going crazy or that they don't have control over how they're responding. And another piece of that that I was thinking about with that is what they knew to be true previously is no longer true anymore. So there's like this constant seeking and searching for truth in their life. And they do that with the responses and then make a little response to remain safe. There's another piece of the brain, the hippocampus. And Dr. Jake Porter, who is one of our associates in the betrayal trauma world, has a really good video on this where he talks about our brain being like a filing cabinet. And the hippocampus is reviewing everything that happened and is trying to make sense of it. And he describes it as sort of like the filing cabinet of our brain. If you can imagine pulling the drawer out of a filing cabinet and just throwing it all over the floor, your brain, that's what's happened in your brain is nothing makes sense anymore. You question everything about your reality. You question if anything that you've experienced has been real or has been true. And now your brain is trying to pick up the pieces and put them back in the filing cabinet in a way that makes sense to them. And our brain has to adapt to this new information that we have just received and try to make sense of it. And that's a really confusing place to be in the early stages of betrayal trauma for a partner who has been betrayed. With the hippocampal review, I think it's so important for us to understand that it is common, which I know we've said that a lot to normalize this behavior, but we have to be able to make sense of our story and what happened to us in the past to be able to predict the future and what that looks like. So when this happens, when the partner betrayal happens through sexual integrity issues, it taints all of the past, the present, and the future. So it feels like there's no truth anywhere. And with that hippocampal review, the cycling of thoughts, that's another thing that feels like crazy making in the partner. Like she feels like she is going crazy because the thoughts just, they cycle like a tornado. I love Jake Porter's visual that he gives around the filing cabinet and also like the one where it's there's puzzle pieces. And it's, so it's like we have created this. Our whole lives are like this beautiful masterpiece of puzzle pieces put together of memories. And then this hurricane or this tornado comes and blows through and the puzzle pieces are just scattered everywhere. So it's like it's as if the partner is down on the floor trying to put these puzzle pieces back together and what is real and what is accurate. It's like picking up those puzzle pieces off of the floor and trying to look at each piece and recognize what was true about that memory. Is there beauty in it still? And so they're trying to put that puzzle pe puzzle back together, but also with this new these new puzzle pieces that they found as a part of the discovery. And so there's a constant flow of thoughts trying to make sense of their story. And so another thing that sets the partner betrayal trauma um, separate or as a more of a unique type of trauma is sometimes we will hear it referred to as like PTSD symptoms. So the difference in what the partner experiences through betrayal trauma and PTSD is this hippocampal review. It's like trying to make sense of story and we want to go back and we want to ask questions. We need clarification on what actually happened in our story to try to make sense. Where PTSD says, no, we want to avoid and never relook back at that story again. So the hippocampal review is really what sets the partner betrayal separate. 
and the cycling of thoughts and trying to make sense of story. Yeah, I think that's really important to understand in that whole creating safety piece that we talked about last week. So if your partner has questions and she needs to revisit it, it's not because she's trained or he, I want to just clarify that, he or she, this can go either way. But if they are wanting to go back and review things again, it's not because they want to keep bringing it up and throwing it back in your face. It's because they're trying to make sense of things in their brain so that they can decide what's real and they can make an empowered choice as they move forward. So it's not because they want to keep bringing it up and revisiting it and throwing it in your face. It's a necessary part for their brain to be able to move forward and make an empowered choice as to what's the next best thing for them. So some other common symptoms of betrayal trauma that I think are important to understand is for both partners is that you might experience a lot of intense emotions that maybe haven't been there before. And I think it kind of wakes up that emotional part of you. If you haven't been an emotional person in the past, don't be surprised if all of a sudden you're feeling a lot of intense emotions that you're not used to. You may also have a tendency to want to withdraw and isolate. I have a lot of clients who are normally very social and they love to be out with people. And now all of a sudden they don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be in crowds of people. They don't want to be with their, the people that normally they enjoy spending time with. And so a tendency and a desire to withdraw and isolate is a pretty normal response. You may have difficulty concentrating. Brain fog is very common with betrayal trauma or not being able to find your words or not being able to stay on task. Those are the effects of trauma, betrayal trauma on our brain is having difficulty with our brain functioning correctly. Some people sadly even turn to ideas of self-harm. That may bring that this up and that's a very serious and very real thing that we need to pay attention to. We need to get the right support. You may notice that your sleep is affected. Your mind may be racing to the point that you, you, can, you have a hard time sleeping. You may develop some sleep issues that you haven't had in the past or other physical symptoms. There's a lot of evidence that trauma affects our physical health and affects our body in a lot of different ways. One of the most common that I hear from my clients, it affects almost all of them, and that is digestive issues. And that can look like this, like aversion to eating or inability to eat or nausea. Some have vomiting, but digestive issues are typically common for almost all of them. And then another one that I thought of that is really, it really is back to the hippocampal review, which is what's causing this is the hypervigilance. So they become hyper, hyper aware of all of their surroundings and actions and sounds. Everything seems to be almost exaggerated, like the noises. And, and so that hypervigilance piece is huge, which is mentally exhausting. All of the symptoms are mentally and physically exhausting to the partner. Um, Hypervigilance too, as we now kind of see the lens of the world through this lens of trauma and almost like a fear. And so when everything that you, you thought you knew to be true has been shattered, you're now seeing the lens of the world through, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Because everything you thought to be safe all of a sudden is in question. And so 
it's a normal response for our brain to be looking at everything in that hypervigilant state of, am I safe? And your nervous system is actually on overdrive too. So if you feel this like increased, I don't know, I've, I've heard it described or as even like almost an, an underlying buzz all the time physically, that your nervous system is literally on overdrive. And so if you're experiencing that, that is a normal response to trauma as well. Another one that I thought of that I, I see almost all in almost all my clients is the inability or maybe not so much inability, but where simple tasks or normal or common tasks that they used to complete seem so hard and strenuous now. So it's like just as simple as taking a child to drop them off at school. Now it feels so weighty and almost is exhausting. Just a simple task, what used to be so easy is now super draining. And so I really want to validate that piece because when we are faced with our normal lives, our lives continue on despite the discovery and still having to continue on with your normal routine and schedule, it can feel exhausting. So I wanted to normalize that piece and that you're not alone in that. Just trying to complete small tasks can seem so huge. I think one more big piece of a common symptom of betrayal trauma that's important to bring out is that trust piece of your ability to trust almost everything in your world can be shattered, starting with yourself. Like you don't, oftentimes I've, I see that you, the partner doesn't even trust themselves because they, especially if this came out of the blue or if this was not something that they had a lot of warning about, and even if it was, but all of a sudden your ability to trust yourself because you may go, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? Or I should have known, or what is wrong with me? Or I thought I got the confirmation that I was doing the right thing. Now I, how do I even, how do I even trust myself? I hear that a lot. Like, how could God tell me this was the right thing to do to marry this person if he knew that this was going to happen? I must not have known what that confirmation really was. So it's not uncommon for people to experience a lack of trust in themselves. In everybody around them, a lot of times their trust in, in God or their higher power is shattered. It sort of just shatters this whole schema of trust in the, every area of their life. And that is a really scary place to be when you don't even know if you can trust yourself or anyone around you. And so that's a really challenging piece of betrayal trauma. And it can be healed. It can You can work to develop and rebuild that trust starting with yourself with your relationship with God, and then with your partner, if you both choose to do the work. Yeah, I'm so glad you touched on the intu the intuition piece, because when this happens, it is almost always happens that the intuition and the gut response is like, they don't trust themselves. They don't even know what to do next. And so that is a skill that can be rebuilt and to be able to trust yourself again. Another one that I was thinking of is how the identity is attacked through this. And so a lot of times what will happen is after this discovery, it's like they can't even recognize themselves in the mirror. Like, who am I now apart from this? Or who am I now that this has happened to me? And a lot of that, I think, is like this narrative and making sense of our narrative or our story of life. And that piece of identity is really shattered. And that goes with that intuition. Another good piece of that is that it can, your identity can be rebuilt or strengthened there into having beliefs that 
are true and accurate and that are who God says you are and rebuilding that identity around that. But identity is one that's hugely associated with it. And then the shame piece that she or the partner experiences. I love that. I think that's why we felt so drawn to talk about what this betrayal trauma piece was, is we want to just increase the understanding and the clarity around what actually happens when there's been partner betrayal. And I also have witnessed that this piece of identity and rediscovering who you are and redefining who you are is one of the rewards that comes from walking this healing journey. We talked in our very first episode about the challenges and rewards that come through this healing journey. And while betrayal trauma is definitely one of the challenges that you experience in this partner betrayal, in the long run, it can become one of the rewards of redefining and rediscovering maybe for the first time of who you are and at your core identity and really stepping into that new version of yourself that you discover through this whole healing journey for both partners. Yes. And that gives us hope, especially when you hear it from other people who have lived through the effects of this in their marriage and in their relationships. That gives you hope to continue on with recovery. And as you take those initial steps that you're not doing all this for nothing, there's, there is growth that can come out of it. Yeah. Okay. I have loved having this conversation with you today. One thing I would just say is I would encourage you if you are experiencing betrayal trauma, please don't walk this journey alone. Please reach out and get support from someone who is trained in betrayal trauma. If you want to find Stephanie or I and get some support, our contact information is in the show notes. But this is something that I would definitely encourage you to get some support on because it can be confusing to understand. And so don't don't stay in isolation with this. I would really encourage you if you're experiencing betrayal trauma or if you have a partner who is experiencing betrayal trauma, continue to do the work to get support to have some clarity and understanding on what the next steps are to heal because healing is possible and it can be rewarding and there is hope. Thank you for listening to the Choosing to Stay podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, we invite you to subscribe, share, and leave us a review. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay.